Hey everyone, and welcome to Zero Distortion. Alright, so here we go. Episode 3. This one's going to be more of what the podcast is meant to be. We're going to be covering an actual album today. So, uh, just, I, I guess, strap in because this one's going to be a little long, a little, little complex, a little in-depth. So, I'm going to try and keep this short. Got the mic sitting right in front of me. Mic check. Checking the mic, one, two, buckle my shoe, three, four, shut the door. Probably sounds pretty good, a lot better than it did. Um, yeah, I guess that's really all I've got that's extra. So let's go ahead and dive in. All right, so overview, the band we're covering today is called Will's Dissolve. I'm not sure whether they're named after the song by uh, Isis or not. Not entirely sure. They're not really similar to ISIS, though. They are from Houston, Texas. Not quite sure when they were formed. But this is their second album that we're talking about today called Echoes. It was released August 28th. Not that long ago, really. And it was released on Hypnotic Dirge Records. This album is... It's huge. It's, it's one track, 31 minutes and 36 seconds. And um, just an excerpt from their Bandcamp profile, which is where you can get this album. I'm going to leave a link in the uh, description for the podcast so you guys can go check it out and support them. Because this is some really, really, really unique stuff. A 32-minute exploration of the loneliness and sacrifice of astro-technological advancement. Allow yourself to be transported through the empty vacuum of space, exploring the cosmos as the last vestiges of humanity search for another planet to inhabit, as humans' short-sightedness and hubris has rendered Earth uninhabitable. That sounds like you're maybe not typical, but it sounds like uh, a down-home sci-fi kind of storyline. And, I mean, it is... It really is, so I guess there's really not much else to do, but hop into this. Let's let's take a look. Okay, so the song starts off atmospheric enough. It's very light and spacey. This is a sci-fi story, after all. It's very light, and there's distant guitars and these kind of pulsing synths in the background, in the distance, kind of. It goes on for a a good couple of minutes, maybe a minute and a half, before you hear anything other than just the ambient music. You hear a recording. It's astronauts communicating with each other. Um, it sounds like our protagonist is on a ship called the Newton 8, and he's communicating with the home base, which is known as New Houston, which is obviously surely a reference to the nasa mission control center houston you know houston we have a problem anyways then the guitar after that kind of comes to the forefront with this it's still clean and it's still kind of light but it's a little dreary and a melancholy kind of riff still over those synths so there's a lot of tension really starting off just a big feeling of the unknown and unexpected, like you don't know what's going to happen next, and you're scared of it. Then, not too long after the recording and that riff play through, the clean vocals start. This this guy's vocal style, it's funny, The uh, his clean vocals actually remind me a lot of Burton C. Bell. They kind of have that 
that deep uh, tone to them. I don't think it's baritone. Whatever it might be, might be baritone. Whatever, whatever would be above bass. Basically, that's that's where his register really is. That's where his sweet spot is as far as vocals go. It sounds really, really nice. But it's all. But also, his voice is kind of ominous. Ominous is the word for this album. It gives you a feeling that there are terrible things to come. A lot. It's not going to change. So if we get into the lyrics a little bit more, it says basically that our protagonist is waking up from hibernation. So he was in some kind of hypersleep before this. It's actually mentioned in the uh, astronauts recording that he's engaging hibernation. So that's obviously from the start of the journey. At this point, he's waking up from the hibernation and he's on a mission to find a new planet and that's the beginning of this mission. So the music grows more tense at this point and the riff kind of switches up and now it's in um now it's in 3/4 time. We've been in 4/4 this entire time, I believe. And then finally you start to hear some other instruments as well. Some bass comes in and then the drums come in as well and they continue along for a little while. And then a single bass drum hit stops all of the music and the whole mood shifts and it becomes again far more tense and you can just feel that something is coming there's also a nice little bass solo their bassist he, he doesn't seem to like just go off like some of these other bassists that i'm familiar with but he's he, he's no slouch he's pretty good I, I i enjoy the bass on this album i enjoy their bass i'm not as familiar with their first album but I'm definitely going to be revisiting it now that I've taken some time to really look into uh, their second album because uh, it just came out. And then uh, you kind of get the main riff motif played by the bass, still in 3-4, by the way. And it's played under some clean guitar chords. We still haven't gotten any distortion quite yet, but we're almost there. For those of you waiting for the heaviness, look no further, because right around the corner, the heavy guitars just crash in and the the vocalist switches it up. Now he's doing these, they're not super guttural, but these deep low growls. And now the main riff is not being played by the bass, it's now being played by the guitar. And it's still keeping in 3-4. So now, if we look back at the lyrics again, it seems as though the protagonist knows, obviously, going into space, that there's danger built into this mission, but he feels that he has to do it, kind of like a for the greater good kind of thing. He speaks about, you know, human experience will overcome the grand design. He mentions saying goodbye to his father, sacrifice made for all mankind. So it's like, I don't know, it feels like he thinks this is something that he has to do, some grand mission that he has to that he has to undertake. And I, I, I don't know, I, I can't really understand that way of thought. I would rather skip out on some mission that could bring me glory and all kinds of riches and whatnots i'd rather skip out on that if there's more unknown than known like with space i'm not going anywhere near space anywho so after this short section where the distorted guitars come in with the harsh vocals 
there's kind of a little short section of chugs and the time signature kind of switches back to 4-4 and there's this heavy chord progression and the clean vocals come back in on top of that which is an interesting kind of dichotomy because it's interesting to hear the heaviness kind of be offset by the vocalist's clean vocals. I'm a sucker for that. I enjoy it. Anyways, so we have the heavy kind of chord progression part and then right after that there's a short uh, nice little guitar solo that comes in i kind of you you could kind of see it coming but i it took me by surprise i didn't know that they were going to toss a guitar solo in there that way but it's it's really short it's only only a couple measures and then um this absolutely just punishing pummeling double bass comes in and just just crushes but the funny thing is the double bass is going under the same riff that played before the solo and there's still clean vocals so it just it sounds so punishing but there's still clean vocals over it so that's again a very interesting feeling and that riff kind of builds up and builds up and it ends in uh, i don't i don't know how to describe it but it's like an old school prog metal style like just that big crash where like all of the instruments play at the exact same time with like a cymbal crash and the bass and a guitar chord just everything just loud at once but it's not like a dark sound it's a very bright kind of sound like it makes me think of dream theater between the barry and me have some songs where they do that like at the very end of uh the proverbial bellow by between the barry and me is one time that i can think of the very very end of that song that that's what this sounds like so looking back at the lyrics again we see that this is not the first mission of this nature by a long shot he mentions that the last three probes that were sent out disappeared and it seems that he volunteered for this i mean i figure that's kind of obvious and he's determined to preserve sailing towards our last hope he's determined to find a new planet for human beings to inhabit he mentions a collapsing star or a collapsed star he also uses this term spaghettified which i didn't know was a thing i thought it was just this really odd way of saying like torn apart in the vacuum of space but it's actually a term in astrophysics spaghettification sometimes referred to as the noodle effect is the vertical stretching and horizontal compression of objects into long thin shapes rather like spaghetti in a very strong non-homogeneous gravitational field it is caused by extreme tidal forces so we're going to learn stuff today yeah spaghettified that's a term i'm not a sci-fi guy so i'm completely unfamiliar with this so moving right along then uh the double helix nebula is mentioned particularly entering the double helix nebula and then we get some of those vocoder vocals like if you go and listen to cynic like that weird kind of i I don't i don't know how to describe it that weird vocal effect like you if you listen to the song you know what i mean but it sounds like cynic the contortionist does it as well but they're not as well known i they might they might be as well known for it as cynic at this point they're they've, they've gotten a lot of uh a lot of attention in the past few years from uh their especially from their last album so then we start getting some really 
bright kind of music. It kind it kind of breaks away from the heaviness and that dreaded feeling and the fear of the unknown kind of feeling. And it comes into kind of more of just a really light and bright feeling. I guess that's what you would, you know, feel flying into a nebula since they're like huge. I'm not, I'm not going to speak on what a nebula is because I'm going to sound stupid because I don't know what a nebula really is comprised of. That's not something I researched for this. Uh, so we've got like some clean guitar chords ringing through and some really just juicy bass parts. Like I said, the bassist doesn't go off per se, but he he really gets into it. Not You can have a lot of fun listening to the bass in places on this album. And then um, you get another solo. It's a good bit longer this time. It's a, it's a nice solo. There's quite a few solos in this album song. I think the earlier ones are less memorable. The last one at the climax is far more memorable. It's just it's just the whole feel of the end of the song, but we're not there yet. We'll get there. After the solo, it kind of leads into this like very brief fit of double bass, and it ends in this huge, just like full guitar, every chord dissonant chord that just rings out for a second. And then you hear this this distorted this heavy chord progression start playing in the background. We get more uh, more vocoder vocals. Talking about activating, I don't know why I laugh every time I think of vocoder. I, 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 the first time I heard it, I think I think the first time I really heard vocoder might have been listening to the last album from Persephone, and they've got a song on there with uh, the guy from. I can't remember his name, but the guy from Cynic, and he does the vocoder thing, and I just, I just thought it was funny. I was like, what a, what a strange, what a strange little way to do vocals, but it really fits in the sci-fi world. It just, it just makes sense that, you know, you would sound like that, <laughs> but it just, it just gives me a chuckle every time. I'm going to try not to laugh every single time because I'm sure that's annoying and also probably stupid, but anyways... So as per the lyrics, uh, we're activating the subspace jump drive. Well, he says subspace slip drive, but when I kind of looked into that, it, it seems like that's kind of a, a thing, a subspace jump drive, which is basically going into hyperspace. You know, I don't think I need to completely explain going into hyperspace. You're going incredibly fast, covering vast amounts of distance in seconds, basically very dangerous stuff and then there's a an actual countdown like every two measures it goes five then four then three then two and then on one there's just this like galloping riff that comes in and then harsh vocals come back we're still in four four by the way these guys don't do like they do you can imagine it's a progressive death metal album there are uh time signature changes but there aren't there aren't as many and they're not as crazy as like uh, 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 between the buried and me or mm, opeth they're, they're not as crazy as bands like those but the harsh vocals they come back in and they continue for a little bit here for i guess you could call it uh a single verse it's like a single stanza and then at the very end of the stanza he says uh to the throne room of the idiot god and he does this really nice long high growl 
at this point, and there's this kind of groovy death metal, like a groove metal riff underneath it. I don't know how really to explain it, but it plays for a second and then it kind of stops and fades out abruptly right before the next section of the song. The lyrics reference tendrils of light. This I'm guessing that's probably like beams of light seen when you're jumping into subspace. I think that happens in Star Wars when they're in the Millennium Falcon and they uh they jump like right before they end up in the asteroid field. No, what I'm thinking of is in the is in A New Hope when they try to go to um I think it's Alderaan and it's been blown up. I might have that planet name wrong. It's been a long time since I've seen A New Hope. But anyways, um he also mentions, as I said before, the throne room of the idiot god, perhaps cursing god for humanity's predicament, or I don't know, maybe he's kind of saying, you know, they're they're playing god a little bit. I'm I'm not quite sure about that part. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think too much into that one. But um, either way, let's continue. So now in comes some clean guitars with a really open atmosphere. Still in 4-4 here, by the way. And then there's a switch to 3-4 for this new clean chord progression that feels, uh, it just feels like really bright and just like adventurous. It feels like this is what you want from a space odyssey. You want wonder and mystery, but uh, most most of this is not wonderful or mysterious. It's mysterious, but it's terrifying. Uh, it kind of makes me think of parts of 2112 by Rush. It's kind of pensive and thoughtful, and it, I don't know, It's kind. it kind of feels lost. Not in a bad way, just kind of daydreamy. But there's still kind of a despair to it, too. Just, there's so much, so much going on in this album. <laughs> okay, so then the clean vocals kind of come back following over that same riff, the drums kind of come in, and then the bass follows after that. When we look at the lyrics, we see a reference. It says, the center calls us forth to Nathan and Albert's bridge. That really confused me, and I knew it had to be something. So this is a reference to two people, one that you probably know, one that I know I didn't know, the Nathan would be Nathan Rosen, and Albert, as in none other than Einstein. Uh, this comes out to mean a Rosen-Einstein bridge, which is a fancy way to say a wormhole. He's passing through a wormhole. This is where he's been headed. This collapsed star had left behind a wormhole. So he's going into this wormhole, and through the lyrics, it seems like the ship is stable enough to pass through and also, we get a little bit more of a look at our protagonist here, and it seems he has some problems back home that he wanted to escape. And it doesn't look like he took this mission with only humanity's future in mind. It looks like he had some, uh, some kind of ulterior motives. He says, even if I die, it's better this way. I had to leave, couldn't stay. I must get away. So... That, to me, sounds like a man who's uh, running away from his problems, you know? I'd much rather go to the bar up the street than go halfway across the cosmos to try and find a, a wormhole to jump through. That, that, just seems, that just seems rash to me. But then again, 
we don't really know what his problems are at this point, or if we are going to find out. We just know that he had problems that he felt like he needed to fly halfway across the galaxy to fix, or get away from, not fix. We don't... <laughs> are you kidding? We're men. We don't fix problems. We either run away from them or stuff them deep down and never speak of them again. Anyways, I digress. So, this part continues on for quite some time. There's a good few bits of lyrics, but they're spread out kind of kind of wide. Then the bass starts to come through just a bit more. And uh, finally then, it breaks into this new, clean, spacey riff. But it's a different kind of spacey. It kind of makes me think of like... A Pink Floyd rather than a Rush. It doesn't have that adventurous feel that that other riff had. Then that riff doesn't last that long and then it ends and now we have, still in 3-4, another riff. It's this clean strumming comes in and it kind of lulls you into a false sense of security because then all of a sudden every single other instrument that possibly can come in comes in at once heavy drums, heavy bass, growls, shrieks, as if there's two vocalists. There could be, I don't know, but I don't, I, I don't think there are. I think the, I think the vocalist is also the guitarist. I, I'm, I'm, I can't remember right offhand, but the guitar is still doing that clean chord progression. And then we start getting more, uh, more vocoder. We get kind of one stanza. We get a stanza in you know, with growls and then a stanza with vocoder and then they kind of they kind of switch a little bit. He speaks again about his problems that he's fleeing as he hurtles through space. Still seems a little rash to me. Um, he's becoming more and more anxious and telling himself that he's fulfilling his purpose, you know, trying to psych himself up, but there's still a little bit more than just a pang of doubt in his mind. It seems he kind of threw himself into this role without really thinking about it. I mean, behold a fool running from his problems, bearing away his pain into the barren void of space. I mean, that that's pretty doggone dramatic. It's like he's looking at himself from the inside and just like, really, this is what you do to get away from your problems? You jump into something that you have no business doing? This one saw fit to playing at being the hero and cast himself into the leading role, hurtling through the cosmos towards the deepest, darkest, bleakest, blackest hole. Yes, those are actual lyrics in this song. That's, I mean, it's more effective when you hear it in the actual song, you know, screamed. It really hits hard when you actually hear the song. After he says, you know, the deepest, darkest, blackest hole, it ends in these huge, just like looming, declamatory, just terrifying chords that just set in this huge sense of dread. We're now in 4-4, by the way, just so you know. They're changing, they're changing a bit, a fair bit, but it's nothing too drastic. We don't have anything like, uh, I don't know, what's something... What's a stupid time signature? I think Gojira has a song that's like in, I don't know, like 21-8 or something like that. I don't know. The Art of Dying. Go look it up. This The beginning of it is ridiculous. It's stupid. It's uh, absolutely crazy and awesome. 
Gojira is a band I need to actually kind of try again with. I digress. Then you get this kind of low tempo, just really ominous, tense death metal riff that comes after after that. Um, and then you get a part that starts off with the vocals or vocoder again. And good deal. I didn't laugh that time. The vocals are in vocoder again. And then you kind of get growls coming in again and they switch back and forth with the vocoder hawking radiation is mentioned detecting hawking radiation proceed with caution hawking radiation is uh it's predicted to be released by black holes he's mainly preparing himself to go in trying to kind of get himself you know ready and psyched up for doing something that basically could just be suicide and he feels that even if he fails, at least he got to go to space. So I guess that's something? Question mark? No, nah, nah, not really. I mean, he, he literally says, if the last of our ambitions fade with the light, at least we dared to sail the empty sea of night. I mean, yeah, sure, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> before this point in time, numerous numerous people have been to space my boy so you know it's 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 fine you didn't have to you know fly out to space to escape your your demons but you know without stories like this we wouldn't have awesome albums like this so you know it's it's fine it's cool so then after this part you have this really long nice growl and then um it returns to that original main riff from the very start of the song, that motif I mentioned. You'll definitely recognize it if you're listening along, if that's even a thing. I don't think you can listen along. I'm not listening while I'm saying this. I'm just kind of going off of notes I've taken after listening a few times and trying to collect little bits of information. But it returns to that main riff for a few seconds. But it's way slower. It's much slower tempo. And then it ends It ends a couple of beats early with this huge dissonant chord. And then there's a slight delay. And then you get just this like fast alternate picking really heavy part. And, and then it switches to just straight up tremolo picked heavy death metal. Terrifying stuff. Lots of double bass blast beats, vocals screeching in the background. Ugh. And then after a bit, it kind of becomes really distorted and it just feels, it feels like, like you're being warped, like you're going through a wormhole. Imagine that. Because th this is the point where he goes through the wormhole. He's, he's gliding around an uh, accretion disc, which is a structure formed of diffuse material in orbital motion around a massive central body. Yeah, I had to look that up because I don't know what that is. And uh, this, he's so basically he's gliding around this accretion disk around the collapsed star and in you go. And the music mirrors that because I, I don't know how else to explain it. It just it, the music, it just becomes distorted and warped and it just feels like you're being sucked into something. And then it just kind of stops and there's a little moment of ambience. And then it returns to this kind of heavy chugging, just just really ominous. I'm going to use the word ominous a lot on this album. This 
really heavy, ominous riff with double bass. And as it plays, it kind of slows down. And then there's like this really high, I think it's like tremolo picked lead, just wailing. And it feels so distant. And then it screams at the very end of that part of the riff. We're still in 4-4, by the way. Still in 4-4 from wherever the last checkpoint was for uh, time signature, unless I missed something. I, I don't know if I... I don't think I did, but I may have. I'm open to missing things. So slow chord progression follows and continues for a little minute, and then um, our protagonist kind of comes back to us. Going into the wormhole, he, he got hit by gamma radiation and particle beams that caused him to basically be broken down and then it seems like he was broken down and reassembled he says ripped apart at the seams excruciating existence petrified violent gamma particle beams cellular matter becomes ionized ionized as in being broken down to ions covalent structure returning to form consciousness becoming realized so it kind of sounds like Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen, but without, like, powers. Ah, that's, I mean, I know it's a sci-fi kind of story. That just, I didn't expect that. But, I mean, I guess if you went through a wormhole, the possibility of being torn apart is there. And I guess if you got torn apart, the possibility of, you know, being reassembled on the other side is there as well. But... It's, I, I guess it's not totally like Dr. Manhattan because Dr. Manhattan reassembled himself because he basically became a god. Anyways, let's not digress any further. So then um, after that, there's a bit of ambience. Some It starts some clean guitar arpeggios. I had a little bit of trouble kind of figuring out the pattern here because it seems to switch between like... It goes 4-4 four, four for a bit, and then it goes like 4-4, four, four, and then 6-8, and then 4-4, four, four, and then 6-8 again. It kind of switches it up a little bit. Like every like every other, every two measures or something like that. I'm not, I'm not fully sure. Uh, I'd have to spend some more time with that one. We're at the very end now. Well, I mean, it's about two-thirds of the way through the song, but... This is this is kind of the home stretch. <sighs> so now at this point, clean vocals enter with um, kind of a tribal feel, tribal drumming over that same weird riff, weird set of arpeggios. The tribal feel, uh, I can't help it. It caused Tool to mind just a little bit. It's not it's not like they went Tool or anything. It's just. You know, when people get into that tribal vibe, I, it kind of makes me think of, kind of makes me think of Tool, like, nine times out of ten. And he's he's coming to, and he's starting to wonder where he is, and if he's actually reached the destination he was looking for. His ship's operational systems seem to have been compromised. He believes he's about to float to his death. I mean, who's to say he's wrong at this point? Then, it, it is a really interesting section, then you get a version of the previous riff, the one that confuses me time signature-wise. It sounds like it's like 4-4, four, four, and then it switches to 6-8, and back and forth kind of at weird intervals. Now it's just 7-8 straight. So, I, my ears can't tell if that changed, 
or if it's the exact same and I just my brain can't comprehend 7-8 out of it. I'm not sure. I really am not sure. I'd have to sit with that for a little bit more time before I was able to confidently say very Opeth kind of lead here. This, this band's first album reminds me a little bit more of Opeth. This feels like they've kind of it feels like on that first album they were kind of wearing some shoes uh, they got from from Goodwill, like good shoes, not not horrible, not like some you know raggedy shoes, but like some good shoes from Goodwill, and they were wearing them, and there was nothing wrong with them. They're perfectly fine, but now they've gone to the store and they found that that perfect pair of shoes that fits them. And, um, now they're walking in their own shoes. What am I talking about? Anyways, that kind of makes me think maybe the previous riff was actually in 7-8. I'm going to have to spend some more time with that to kind of figure that out in my head because I, I can't hear 7-8. So after the incredibly, like, super Opeth sounding lead, like, I guess, Blackwater Park Deliverance style Opeth lead. There's another, a proper solo that actually lasts a little bit of time, still in 7-8. This is one of the memorable solos in the album. I mean, there are quite a few, but it's, it's almost like half of them are a little too short or a little too simplistic, and you might not even think of them as solos. Whereas like this one and the last couple of solos, they, they really jump out at you. Yeah, the solo continues over the same 7-8 riff, and then it kind of gives way to this clean passage. And again, you think, well, here we go. We got us a little clean passage. Not entirely. You should you should know better. Shame on you. The clean passage is kind of broken up by heavy flourishes, like it'll be clean, and then bam, in comes... Um, in comes distorted guitars, harsh vocals, and I believe vocoder doing the uh, vocal lines alternating. And we're now back in 4-4, by the way. So, uh, story-wise, the ship systems are rebooted. However, it seems like there's irreparable damage to uh, the ship. Uh, Our protagonist is beginning to let despair sink in, and... You know, I can't say I blame him. One thing that's always kind of freaked me out to think about is space and just the idea of being out there all alone and there's nothing anyone can do to save you or help you. It just, it always gives me just the the, the hebiest of jeebies. But yeah, he's, he's, tr- he's truly starting to feel it now. You know, I feel the darkness surrounding repair function will not engage it's kind of back and forth like his inner monologue and like what the ship is doing um my head and heart are pounding ego corroding please end the pain so it it seems like he's the all all that bravado he came into this mission with his is uh kind of evaded him at this point (laughs) that's that's not funny that's not funny it's actually very very tragic. So now we get some more really heavy, heavy dissonant chords that come in. Those kind of impending doom kind of chords that came in earlier. Those really declamatory chords 
come in and then you get some uh some more like really death metal style tremolo picking is very ominous and you get these just nasty dissonant screaming leads on top that sound like i don't know like rings of saturn like the stuff that they play all the time maybe infinite annihilator no infinite annihilator doesn't really do what what i'm thinking of i i, I think i'm just thinking of uh rings of saturn i think that's the one that is really just sitting with me so this very tremolo heavy chuggy death metal riff comes in with harsh vocals returning and then they kind of switches back and forth with the vocoder a little bit and then after like maybe a stanza it swaps over to like this kind of this epic symphonic black metal kind of deal like it just feels like Demu Borgir just stepped into the track and (laughs) I'm I'm I mean, I was confused a little bit. They throw quite a few styles around here throughout this 30 minutes. Lyrics-wise, he's he's trying to reroute this he's trying to reroute the ship, but his controls aren't operational. So then he reaches out to uh New Houston for advisement and they tell him to return to hypersleep. Problem is he realizes he can't turn back because if he turns back and goes the way he came his shields will fail, and he'll burn up. He'll be vaporized, as the lyrics say. So then he kind of goes through this point where, again, the vocals kind of switch back and forth between Harsh and Vocoder, where he's like, no choice now, shut it down, we'll burn to death, nothing left. And then um, on the Vocoder side, it's like, please stand by, can't comply, fate unknown, going home. I mean, it's like totally conflicting feelings it's like they they don't understand how much trouble he's in either that or he's talking to his ship he might not be able to talk with new houston uh i'm not sure but i'm just going off the idea that he's speaking to them and they're not getting it then again it might be they might be talking to the ship i don't know let's continue on then it gets to uh probably my favorite part of the song those really heavy chords those really ominous chords return again but this time with uh it might be different chords but they're very similar but this time they come in with kind of a slight synth accompaniment these deep growls of these two-word phrases that's very powerful you can totally understand what he's saying he's he enunciates very well and um his his growls you can For the most part, you can understand what he's saying. All this is uh, letting you know it's time to grab tissues because uh, this is this is the tragic climax. So this is where he realizes that uh, death is inevitable and he decides to pull the plug and end his journey in the worst possible way. Access denied. Options limited. Death looming. He's 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 made up his mind. He he realizes there's no way out here, so he decides to do the only thing he thinks uh makes sense. And there's a few more little flourishes of uh of heaviness, and then there's just these huge dissonant chords and the tempo slows to a crawl. And it kind of feels claustrophobic when you listen to it. I I just thought about that. 
when the tempo slows down, it's not like a sudden, sudden, like out of nowhere change, but you can kind of feel it a little bit, but it's, it takes, it takes you by surprise. And when the tempo slows down like that, it kind of feels, it kind of feels like the walls are closing in, like you can't breathe. And this is punctuated by the lyrics, life support, disengage, oxygen begins to fade. He's, he's turning off everything and just, he's, he's, uh, oh, this, this sucks. It's, it's just a horrible, horrible, just a horrifying thought to process. And then after, after this, we get like this really, really just ominous lead that comes in. This really ominous lead plays right after he says all of this about turning off the life support. And then we get some clean vocals where he's kind of um, looking back and lamenting on things. And then he says, hail science, hail the endless void. He's accepted his fate, but I can't help but think he feels a little, a little like he, uh, he made some mistakes here. Like he made the wrong call. Everything here an echo of my past, each reflection becoming a little worse. It feels like he knows he's made a lot of mistakes and this might be the biggest one he's made. I might be interpreting that wrong, but I mean, that, that's, that's what I feel. That's. That's just a bad feeling. And then it comes to just this anthemic closing verse uh, with a great, just an awesome little chord progression that kind of, it kind of makes me think of uh, that last little bit of Mordecai by Between the Buried and Me. It has that one kind of dissonant chord, like the first two, like the uh, first two chords of the progression are like just regular power chords or pretty normal sounding chords at least and then the third one is like dissonant like it's off and i've always been a huge fan of that um sound and i'm just gonna read this last kind of verse it's it's it just it hits really hard the way the way it's sung with just that the vocals here, like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Burt C. Bell, but also it kind of reminds me of World Dane from Nevermore, but not like, not over the top and like super operatic like his vocals are. Like World Dane's vocals, there's, there's just not much out there like him. And may he rest in peace. But that's, that's what this last verse, it reminds me of um, maybe older Nevermore. Maybe. It kind of makes me think of Dreaming Neon Black. Yes, that's what it is. His vocals make me think of Dreaming Neon Black, especially on this last little verse. He says, Adrift and alone within the endless cold of this celestial tomb, closing my eyes one last time to all I have to lose. Carried away, my body mourned by none, nameless to the abyss. That's it, folks. He He's letting it take him away. And then, like I mentioned, there's a fantastic solo at the end of this song. Just really pulls the emotion of just despair and acceptance 
all together into one into one feeling and it really ties up the end of the album and then um then we get a fade into ambience it's not over yet we still got like two minutes left of this song (laughs) almost there so now we just have some atmosphere and some clean chords and then another just a small guitar solo and just just until about the end and after the guitar goes away you hear a flute there's a flute solo they threw in a flute solo at the end of it i I wasn't sure at first i thought it was sax because for a couple years now i've been on a sax kick as far as metal goes but no it's a flute i can't remember uh the flautist's name maybe that's on Bandcamp. maybe bear with me here i might be able to find it flute solo by mary campbell foster huh well there you go and uh then there's just three words left in the whole album shapes bright light my my thought is that that's probably progressively the last things that he sees just not being able to make things out and just seeing shapes and then just seeing a bright light and that's it that's that's terrifying absolutely horrifying i couldn't do it i could not do it i i would have to find some other way of uh doing that i'm not going to detail that right now because that's um it's terrifying horrifying to think about it's awful Whew. that's that is a hell of an album it's uh, it's it's a monster going in you think oh it's just one track it's 31 minutes it's basically an ep you think 31 minutes and change isn't gonna be much but boy you you would be wrong there's a there's a lot to unpack there's some pretty deep references in there of astronomy and physics and all kinds of stuff that i that's just completely outside of my wheelhouse but hey that's what this show is supposed to be about supposed to be about digging into these kinds of things and you know hopefully in the end we all learn so uh yeah that's echoes second album from wills dissolve that is gonna do it yeah this is kind of big this is the first actual episode if you will because the first two were covering new release singles and this is actually i mean it's kind of a pretty recent album uh just just about a month old now i discovered it probably a week before its release they uh their album popped up on my band camp the tab the tags kind of kind of drew me in i'm a sucker for progressive death metal especially when it's actually progressive death metal and not just like you know more on the technical side which this this is exactly that it's progressive death metal and i liked their first album quite a bit and then of course they were hyping this album coming out very shortly i think it, i think it was literally like a week before i think the next friday or whenever the 28th was was when that album was coming out so i was I was pretty hyped for it and i mean it didn't disappoint at all i mean you 
definitely go listen to it for yourself. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a journey. It is a journey. And I'm, I'm looking to definitely look at some other albums similar to this, you know, with big concepts. I'd like to look into some of between the buried and me stuff at some point. I mean, you know, the parallax, <laughs> that's one that I'm familiar with. I know bits and pieces of it, but I, I can't, I couldn't like explain to you the storyline and how all the pieces fit together. But yeah, that's going to do it for this. It's, uh, currently 12 23 a.m uh just hoping that i can have this all edited up and done and put into the ether for people to listen to hopefully at the very latest friday i can have it on friday because as i've been harping on about i've got two albums coming out this uh friday and i'm gonna have to cover both of them now uh for fainer's oak 2 i'm i might try this like video type deal out or i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do for uh for ohms i'm definitely going to just listen to the album while i'm at work and then kind of you know get gather my thoughts as i tend to do and you know, kind of come up with a review for it. Whereas Phanerozoic, uh, no offense to the Deftones, right now I'm a little bit more excited for Phanerozoic 2. I'm a lot more excited for Phanerozoic 2 because, you know, The Ocean is a new band that I've gotten into and Deftones I've been into since I was, you know, a teenager. Basically, I, uh, I, I'm not quite sure what I want to do for um the review of Phanerozoic, but we'll find out. Um it seems like my Patreon is actually out there. So uh you know that's out there. X3R0 Distortion on Patreon, just like on Twitter, at X3R0 Distortion. Because uh the alphanumeric the alph the alphabetic version was taken. Yet again. Anyways, yeah. That's definitely going to do it. Check these guys out. This album's available on Bandcamp. Uh, Hypnoticdirgerecords.bandcamp.com Slash. I'm going to put the, I'm going to drop the link to this album in the description. So definitely check it out. And, uh, you know, if you enjoy this podcast, definitely let me know. I've actually got a video or not video what the heck am i talking about i've got an uh an audio link where you can kind of uh where you can send messages uh, uh we won't do that this time anyways until next time guys it's gonna be a big weekend i've got some stuff to do this weekend but i'm going to do my best to have those reviews done hopefully early next week and then i don't know there might not be anything else next week because of the craziness but we're just gonna we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna play it by ear so until next time guys hope you enjoyed